and welcome to Questing Show, a play podcast where each episode a new adventurer steps up to fix a broken kingdom. I'm the host and Game Master James, and who's joining us to embark on today's adventure? A chariot rider, uh, well me uh, being chariot rider, uh, is joining us today. <laughs> Hello you being chariot rider joining us today. Um, who are you chariot rider? What would, uh, what would people at home know you for? Um, so if you know me, you'd probably know me for my channel, uh, Chariot Rider. Uh, I generally, uh, like many people on the internet, talk about games and uh, game design. Um, typically just whatever I'm interested in. You know, it's not necessarily a review. Um, don't know if I'd call it a critique either. I just talk about design stuff. Cool. And uh, what kind of stuff do you cover uh, games-wise? Uh, I... I typically, you know, I cover the gambit, you know, sometimes I'll do like narrative analysis of, you know, I have like a, an analysis of like the story of Night in the Woods, but I also cover stuff like a uh, Gary's Mod or other small indie games typically. Cool. And uh, what's your previous experience with um, RPG stuff and even stuff like tabletop role-playing games? Um, I, I have like a fair amount of experience DMing. Uh, okay. I was always sort of the uh, designated DM uh, of of the group uh, because yeah. I, I would always be introducing the game, but uh, I've never actually played a character in my uh, uh, really? many years. Oh, yeah, that's that's inter- Okay, that's really interesting then, because <laughs> a lot of people that we've done this with so far have had experience playing characters in other campaigns. In fact, two people that we had on were uh, people who have played in campaigns that I've run, but. I've never had somebody on here who is, uh, for lack of a better term, a, a forever GM who <laughs> is more used to that kind of stuff than playing a character. So that, yeah, that's kind of an interesting uh, change on things. So, uh, how are you feeling about it? Do you think you're, um, you know, not too anxious, hopefully, about playing a character here? Oh, or... uh, we'll see. I mean, like, I do have to do some character playing uh, in, you know, when I DM. But typically, oh, like, absolutely. like the role playing stuff is never like. It's not quite my strongest suit. Like, you know, I'll, okay. I'll like, I can't really do voices. Um, you know. That's all right. You know, but, uh, you know, I'll give it a go. Um, there we go. Well, works out pretty well for us. So, uh, Chariot, let me explain then uh, why you're here and what we're doing. Because uh, assuming that, because uh, this is a uh, this is a later episode in the series, but. Assuming that people are listening to this one because they like your content and they want to know what you're up to and what you're doing on this podcast, basically, the way that it works is that before we started recording, Chariot Rider came up with a character who will be tasked with solving this episode's issue at hand. Over the course of the adventure, I'll describe settings, characters, and situations. And essentially, Chariot will be in charge of telling me how they'd like to proceed and their actions. Most of the time, these actions won't be challenged. However, there may be opportunities where they'll want to take the advantage. Say, to get the drop on somebody or parlay for a better deal. Or times where they'll have to defend themselves. Either through a little bluffing or combat. During these occasions, they'll be asked to roll two six-sided dice. For each small advantage they might have going into a situation, such as their gear or their special abilities, they add one to the final result. On the flip side, if they take harm during the adventure, say they're hit by an arrow or slashed by a knife, they may be winded or bloodied or wounded. In these cases, they may need to apply a minus one to the roll if, say, they're uh, 
a little bit too winded to catch up with somebody. But very simply, high numbers lead to great results. And low numbers... Uh, what do you think happens on a low number chariot? Uh, not good things. <laughs> no. Uh, exp- learning experiences happen on there. Uh, obstacles happen on not on low <laughs> numbers. I will actually ask, because uh, I do hear your dice in the background. Do you want to do a quick roll now to see uh, what the look's going to be like for the rest of the adventure? All right. I rolled a six. That's not good. No. <laughs> that doesn't bode well. <laughs> it's a dark omen. No. Very close to a seven, but st- yeah, not good. Um, but yeah, that's about it. And uh, the uh, link to the system is in the description below, uh, as is uh, Chariot's character sheet. So before we start with the adventure proper, is there any last things you'd like to say? Uh... Hopefully this goes well. Um, yeah. I don't have anything in particular I want to say, but... Uh, hey, if you haven't got anything made... in particular, that's fine. Yeah, it, it works. Cool. Right. And just remember, as I've been, I've been saying this to everybody who's played so far, which is your actions aren't just going to affect this adventure. They're going to affect every adventure going forward, just as the people who have played previously, their actions are going to affect your adventure. So... Do try and keep that in mind during your decision making. <laughs> All right. No pressure. <laughs> so, with that, we're going to a land out of time, out of place, as our scene begins with a vision of the kingdom of Trotalera. Now, Trotalera has had a very interesting past month, couple of weeks at this point, since the disappearance of King Brennan and Queen Manon. Essentially, everything has fallen on the shoulders of Prince Pratt to try and, one, find his missing parents, and also try and keep the kingdom from falling too much into chaos. And I would say, so far, he has managed to do a pretty good job at that. But... At the end of the day, kingdom, you know, kings aren't going to be remembered for keeping plates spinning. That's not the exciting stuff. You know, kings are remembered for, like, winning wars or, like, you know, fighting great beasts and stuff like that. And he's tried to do this a little bit, but nothing's really sticking. No. What Prince Pratt needs to do, he needs to make a great discovery of some kind. He needs to find something that will put his name down in the history books. Mm. Unfortunately, he's not very good at stuff like that. Fortunately, he is very good at finding the right people for the job. Which is where you come in. And by you, I don't mean Chariot Rider. I mean the character that you have created today. So let's go through it. Now, Chariot, tell us about Roland Ward. Alright, so... I am playing Roland Ward. He is an archaic ruin explorer. Essentially, right. he is an archaeologist who digs up the the bones of dead people uh, and is obsessed with knowledge and finding the dark secrets of the world, no matter how disastrous that knowledge might be. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> now, 
tell us a little bit about um, tell us a little bit about about his past. Like, how did he get into the profession, and what's his kind of hopes and dreams, essentially? So, he is a very humble beginning. Um, yes. You know, he uh, comes from a family of sheep herders. Uh, oh but his, wow. Uh, his grandfather would tell him, you know, you know, these great stories of, you know, long dead kingdoms. And, and he was very infatuated with these stories. And he'd spend, like, you know, a lot of time alone, you know, in, in the fields by the cliffs, just, like, watching sheep. And, yeah. uh, you know, one day he, he stumbles across uh, a small cave where he finds oh. a small, like, treasure. You know, nothing too substantial, but, no. like, you know, there are some very interesting scrolls there. Okay. Um, and, you know, doing this, he realized, hey, I can make money and get notoriety by uh, finding this stuff that I'm really passionate about, like this historical, like, knowledge. Yeah. So after this point, he sort of dedicates himself to learning about the past so he can go and explore these ruins and dig up this ancient knowledge that he, that his grandfather, like, instilled a love in uh, him for. Excellent. Um, that sounds that sounds like a that sounds like a noble pursuit that he has. Even the bit where he says that he can make him money, but everything else still sounds quite <laughs> noble. So that's good. Uh, so what would you say his expertise is? Uh, um. So he has a an expertise in history. Yes. Uh, naturally, uh, he's so. also very good at investigation. You know, noticing small details about ruins and you know, like noticing hidden things you know because finding old runes is hard like noticing yeah, hey, that, that that rock looks a little uh, peculiar so yeah this one stone in the wall seems very different to the other so, oh that's because it's a big button that's exciting that's yeah cool, um, cool. and then he um, also uh oh, sorry. and then uh he he like the one i wrote in uh yes. he has an expertise in exploration so uh right Generally, this is just like the act of or the the craft of exploring ancient places. So, like knowing, hey, yo, how do I get through the wilderness to find these ancient ruins? Navigation is his thing, and even in regards to like inside of ancient temples and stuff, where you know one room looks a lot like another one, and it's very hard to you know it's very easy to lose your bearings. That doesn't affect him. He's very good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, cool. Um, what's his special something? So he is very good at fighting uh, with martial arts, specifically ah. with a whip. You know, like he, he'd use the whip to defend his sheep from you know predators like like wolves and stuff. Absolutely. So uh, he he got very good at fighting with it, uh, and that came in very handy in the crypts. Very much so, yeah. Because in a lot of these crypts, you know. Trotilera, despite the fact that Trotilera City doesn't have a lot of magic to it, although that has started to change recently, in the wilds, you know, lots of un unexplained phenomenon. Sometimes these crypts have undead creatures in them or all sorts of weird stuff, and the best way to put them down is usually with a leather whip. So, no, I can absolutely see that. And then, when he goes out travelling, what does he usually bring with him? What's his loadout? Well, uh, you know, he typically has a, a dungeon kit, which is, has all the essentials for exploring ruins, you know, some Absolutely. rations for expeditions, uh, you know, a bedroll, you know, yeah. lights, torches, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, and the other thing he always carries with him 
is this mysterious artifact. Now, uh, this is a bit of a strange artifact. It's a small stone about the size of a palm. Okay. Um, but it, it, its form is hard to pin down because it will periodically change its appearance. You know, one day you'll look into it and you can see a field of stars, but you don't recognize any of the constellations because this star field is not known to any star map in Trollera or That's any other kingdom. Uh, but then the next day it'll be, you know, a prismatic rainbow. Uh, uh, sometimes the stone hums, or at least Roland thinks it hums. He's never quite sure. Uh, he keeps a journal about this, uh, constantly uh, marking the differences in the stone and its behaviors. He's obsessed with it, and he wants to know what... How does it... Yeah, how, yeah what it does. Um, so it's kind of an... It's almost kind of like a good omen sort of thing. Like, uh, you know, every day or, you know, every time he checks it, he kind of gets something new with it. So what I'll ask is, today of all days, what does he see in the artifact? So today, he sees... Um... Today he sees a uh, he sees fire and darkness. Um, oh no! <laughs> yo, okay. uh, it, it's not a particularly happy omen, but uh, there is rain on the horizon, so Ooh. so maybe things will turn around. Hopefully so. Hopefully that doesn't hopefully that doesn't reflect too much the adventure that he is heading on today, but. Roland, you have been invited to Trotolera Castle then in uh, Trotolera, uh, capital city, to have an audience with Prince Pratt. And what I should ask is, uh, is Roland, um, is he a citizen of Trotolera? Does he live near? Does he know of Trotolera? Uh, so Roland does not hail from Trotolera. You know, he, as an explorer, travels to distant uh, lands quite often okay. um, and uh, you know sometimes it can be a bit hard to find benefactors uh, for these expeditions he wants to go on yeah um, but uh, hearing the the, the uh, offer from Prince Pratt uh, he he naturally was interested and made the journey to the kingdom cool so he knows of Trotlera but he doesn't know too much about, say, Prince Pratt or his royal family, or even mostly how it works, essentially. Now he he might have read like a couple of you know recent newspapers, but he's not in on all the recent details. Okay, so you're not quite aware of what has recently happened in Trotlera. Well, that's fine. I don't think it affect. I don't think it will affect you too much on this. But. Yeah, you head then into the castle proper, and you get a good look at this place. It is this old stone kind of... Essentially, the thing was built as... Uh, because you are a bit of a history buff, this thing was built as almost a waypoint uh, hundreds of years ago, where up on this hill, this old stone tower had these beautiful, like, shards, uh, kind of coloured glass panels in them. And then the idea was, was that up in the sort of the middle chambers, they would light pools of oil, and it would turn this castle essentially into an enormous lantern that people could see from all different points of this continent that Trotolera was on. And then, essentially, kind of years and years later, the Hemlock family established Trotolera 
built around this stone lantern. And since then, they have ruled over uh, this kingdom. But, yeah, and as you head in, you get a look at all the pictures that are on the wall of all the different hemlocks that have come before, starting with King Uriel about four to five hundred years ago. And then slight, and then the men get slightly smaller and more refined going down. Until we get to Prince Pratt, who he's speaking with one of his advisors the moment that you move in, and he seems quite excited about something. But then he sees you and he gets even more excited. This is a pretty big guy. He's a, like his father and his father before him, he's a beastman. In particular, they are kind of a mix of wolf and deer. And he kind of trots over to you on his little hooves, this kind of tall and very wide and thick figure, as he goes, Ah! You're the guy that I'm looking for! Ah! Roland, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Roland Ward. Uh, Roland Ward! extraordinaire. Ah! Uh, he goes to shake your hands. He's like really excited. And he's like, "Okay, I got all the, I've got all the maps. I've got all the paperwork. We're gonna, we're gonna run you through what we think we found." Okay. Uh, works for me. Cool. He takes you then to another room of the castle. This is a library room where this big thing is three floors of ancient tombs that go back to even before the establishment of Trotilera. And on this wooden table, kind of almost set up like a little bit of a picnic by the prince, because I think he's quite keen to show off all this stuff, you get to have a quick look over what he has. And this is what he explains to you. So, uh, apparently, there is this rumour going round, right, that just outside of the kingdom, hidden hidden inside where the woodlands are, where... Uh, well, actually, you don't need to worry what's in the woodlands, but apparently there's an ancient <laughs> temple in there. And in this temple is something that shows that the Hemlock family are the are the rulers of Trotilaris. This nice little stone thing that was made hundreds and hundreds of years ago for my great 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 well, well my really great grandfather. Okay, uh, Uriel Hemlock, this guy, right? So, so what I'm thinking is because you know a lot of people in the kingdom they think I'm pretty cool, all right, but. If we can find this, I think people are going to know that the Hemlocks really are the rulers. And if you can find that for me, they're going to think that, like, I'm a pretty great king, you know, compared to all the, you know, like my dad and the, his dad and whatever. They're going to think I'm a pretty cool king for finding this stuff. I mean, obviously, I'm not the exploration expert. That's you. So what I'm thinking is if you can find this... Obviously, we'll give you accreditation, but is there anything else you want, like money or jewels or whatever? Well, you see, I want to know about these ancient places, and sometimes finding people who will give me the funding I need to explore these places properly instead of the uh, hasty smash-and-grab-all-the-valuable-style-of-archaeology um, finding benefactors is difficult. Right. Um, if you can guarantee that I can get payment for my future expeditions, um, I will go and hunt down this rock for you. <laughs> um, he looks at his little advisor who's standing next to him. Uh, he leans his head in to whisper something to him, and he whispers back, and he leans and he goes, Uh, yeah, okay, I think we can do that. Um, 
we can't give you any money for this one yet. We're going to have to give that to you afterwards. So this is going to be like a kind of a smash and grab thing, if that's okay. Oh, well, <laughs> well, you see, if I smash all the stuff, then uh, I can't learn anything from it. Uh, I will be very careful with anything. This might be a bit laborious, but no history will be destroyed by this expedition. It's all very important. He leans to advise his advisor, whispers son, and leans back and he goes, Yeah, okay, alright, that sounds pretty good. But you're not going to take too long, though, alright? Well, you can never really predict how long these things might take. It might take a day, it might take a week. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> if, t- if, if history teaches you anything, it's that you can't predict the future. <laughs> If anything, you can't rush history, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the prince just kind of seems a bit confused by that. The advisor whispers unto him and he goes, Okay, well, whenever you can get back, that's fine, all right? We'll wait around for you. Excellent. <laughs> okay, he puts together that paperwork, including maps and some ancient rubbings, and he hands that to you, and he goes, Try not to get that stuff too scuffed, though, all right? Because, you know, if we have, like, a little museum piece, we're probably going to want to put those stuff up as well, all right? Oh, the, these fragile old maps? Uh, I'll, I'll do my best, but uh, no, okay. no promises. <laughs> I mean, that's why you're the ancient ruins explorer expert, so, you know, if you gave it to me, I'd probably poke my finger through them. Huh? <laughs> Don't do that, please. <laughs> yeah, please. Please, Prince, don't do that. Okay, so, uh, Roland, you have been given a map to where they think this ancient temple is hidden. And like he said, it is in the woodlands just beyond Truffle Era. Uh, I'm going to say that this may be an area that you yourself haven't looked at before. But you're used to finding temples and old, and tombs and all such stuff hidden in thick grasslands. Before you shoot off, though, is there anything that you want to do to prepare? Any questions you want to ask? Or um, I might want to, you know, go to the local library just to see if there's any rumors I can dig up about this uh, old temple from you know ancient yeah. books written about this this uh, old temple. Okay, the royal library that you are currently standing in might have a few, though. Prince Pratt, lightly off the top of his head, wouldn't know them. But there is also a old there is but there is a community library in within Trottle Era where they are more likely an expert on telling you where that stuff is. Okay, um, I'll go to the community library then. Cool. You start your adventure like all great adventures by doing some reading. You head into the library of Trottle Era and you explain to the old orc that works there that you are looking for any kind of documentation or any kind of rumours about this temple. Now, what I will ask is, Chariot, could you come up with a name for this temple? Hmm. Uh. How about Temple Hmm. I'm bad at on-the-spot naming. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Everyone struggled with this so fast. So that's alright. Um, hold on. No, that's absolutely fine. 
I, I was gonna like pull up a list of like potential names for stuff because I, I knew this might happen um, <laughs> I was like reading a bunch of like Wikipedia pages on like Egyptology <laughs> oh, um, wow. in preparation for this um, if um, it makes you if it makes you feel any better, usually when I want to randomly generate a name, I will look at something on my desk. So. Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about Aldred? Uh, Temple Aldred. Aldred. Yeah. Temple of Aldred. Now, you mentioned this name to the librarian, and they kind of, like, roll it, like, they kind of, like, lick their tusks, and they go, yeah, I can see if I can point you in the right direction of this sort of stuff. And eventually they do. They send you to a much older part of this library where pre-Trottolera texts are kept. And you go through it and it's all done through alphabetical order and you pull out a for Aldred and you start to look into it. Now, first roll of the game. I would like you to roll 2d6 plus 1 for history... And another one, because you're doing this with a little bit of preparation, because the prince has already given you some paperwork. Alright. Uh, I rolled a 7 plus 2. Is 9. 9. Okay, so you're going to make success. There may be a slight complication to this. You have a look through this paperwork, then. And here's what you find out. The name Aldred is of a person. This may be his temple and it's potential that this person was more of an ancient kind of tribe leader back before Trottle era was established you don't have a surname for this person though so you don't know whether he's a hemlock or whether maybe he's somebody else the tomb itself was quite a sophisticated contraption for when it was built in fact Knowing that eventually this tomb would be his burying place, and knowing that he had quite a lot of money on him, he built the thing in mind with a few traps to keep out wayward um, thieves and stuff like that. Some of the traps that you know, are, that you can kind of figure out from their schematics, are there are a couple of stone-activated um Ballistas, there's even a few arrow traps in there. So you do your best to make a note of this stuff to kind of prepare should it come up. The area itself, and the reason why the orc pulled a bit of a face when you mentioned it, is quite deep in the woodlands. And being such, it isn't really kept by the rangers of Trottlera. So wild animals are kind of left to roam freely, including some more despicable creatures, such as giant spiders. Now, I don't think you really have to worry about those things too much, but you may want to prepare a little bit just in case. But that's as much as you get, unfortunately, from this. That is the complication is that it's not quite the full picture of this place, but it's enough to work from for now. Okay. Yeah, so Roland feeling a bit more content, uh, you know, he, he does also want some help. You know, going into a ruin alone, um, not okay. always the best idea. So uh, I think he wants to recruit, or uh, I think I want to recruit a partner. That's always a good idea. Um, 
do you want to look for a do you want to go to a particular guild there's a soldiers guild in town there's also a there is the generic adventurers guild who are mostly made up of people who the soldiers guild you know for a fact they are known marksmen and stuff like that but they're a little bit heavy-handed meanwhile the adventurers guild you kind of you kind of have to be lucky with whoever you can get there. Some of them are experienced travelers, well, some of them are kids who are hoping to kind of get their first adventure under their belt, essentially. Okay. So I think I'm going to go to the Adventurer's Guild, and in particular, I'm going to be looking for someone who looks like they might know the area, maybe like a dwarf even, you know, since they're like very familiar with underground structures. Oh, yeah. um, A dwarf might be useful. Roll 2d6 then, and we will generate somebody from this. I rolled a 12. <laughs> oh, wowee. <laughs> you go in there, and you ask them, I'm looking for somebody who... We, I'm looking for an explorer, and I'm looking for somebody who knows temples. The leader of the Adventurers Guild points to the other side of the room. The Adventurers Guild in this town has a very well-stocked bar, so a lot of people go there drinking even if they're not working. But you see at the back of the room, Stout, as the drink he's drinking, is a little dwarf. He's got a very big orange moustache that he has started to braid at the bottom into his beard. Bald as a cue ball on top, but built like a tank. And he has nicks across his face and age that shows that he has seen a fair few fights. What is the name of this dwarf, though, is the question. Chariot, would you like to give me All right. Um, let, let's, let's go with, uh, uh, Jurgen Bradley. Jurgen Bradley. Nice, strong name for this dwarf. They point you in his direction. This little guy with his little blue steely eyes kind of looks up at you, and he kind of sees that you are wearing the clothes and have the look of an explorer to you. And he says, Yeah, what is it? Master Dwarf, you seem fairly experienced. I have a uh, proposition. Um, I'm working with uh, Prince Pratt. Uh, and I will be launching an expedition into, uh, the Temple of, uh, oh shoot, I forgot his name. Uh, the Temple of Aldred. I'm going to make a note of that. Okay. Uh, the, the dwarf notices you make a note, <laughs> just in um, case. Yeah, uh, the Temple of Aldred. Um, he, Prince Pratt seeks a particular artifact... Uh, I seek knowledge from the Temple of Aldred. We are working together for this front. I want you to join me. He pushes the stout away on a thick finger, and he wipes beer suds from his moustache and goes, All right. But, um... How much are you paying for this? Hmm... Well, you see, there's there's probably going to be some treasures that'll be found. You know, this is a untouched ruin. Now, 
as much as it pains me to offer treasures that could be in a museum to, as payment, I fear I'm not a wealthy man and I have no other choice. Roll, uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, nah, that, that's essentially my, my okay. offer. Roll 2d6 then. Okay. I rolled a three. <laughs> Um, he pulls a bit of a sour face as you say it there, and he goes, I don't know if I'm that interested in working on just a maybe there, mate. But he takes a pause for a moment and he goes, But you're working for Prince Pratt, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Prince Pratt. And uh, how much is he paying you for this? Well, uh, he's paying me... <clears throat> He's paying me a uh, continual, you know, fund for my future expedition. Um, I can maybe give you a cut uh, of the money that would be going for my future expeditions to uh, purchase your help. His eyes widen as you say that and he goes, All right, I'll do it, but uh, 50% ongoing. Ooh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He puts like, out his he puts out his massive hand to shake on that. Like Roland is very clearly like not super happy about this deal, but uh, no. you know he's like shaking his head like, but he knows he has no other choice. So you know no. he he sort of limply shakes this dwarf's hand. You uh, grab around three thick fingers of his hand and shake, and he goes, "All right, I'll put my stuff together then." Um, he slips out as he goes to off the wall, goes to grab a big old rucksack that he has, and yeah, he has all sorts of dungeon equipment to him. He even has his weapon of choice is an old-fashioned pick, one that it looks like the handle has been replaced many a time, but the iron, despite a few kinks in it, is still as good as when he probably casted it himself a hundred years ago. And he goes up to you and he goes, Right, so then, well... I'm Jurgen, and uh, who are you then, mate? Uh, I'm Roland Ward, Extra- uh, explorer extraordinaire. He licks his teeth as you say, extraordinaire, and he goes, All right, I'll uh, believe that when I see it. Lead the way. All right. So uh, I-, I make my way uh, to the edge of town, and presumably in the direction of uh, the... The temple. You start to head towards the Temple of Aldred then. Funnily enough, you do have a quick word with Jurgen and, and Blake. You know, I think you say to him, does he know much about this area? And no. What he says to you is that a lot of this stuff was actually restricted by the previous king when he was here. But due to a recent change in governance since Prince Pratt has taken more of a control and a looser restriction on magic, this area is a bit more freer to roam for people in the, you know, people inside the kingdom and not just bandits. But he isn't quite sure what to expect as you head in there. Hmm. Roll 2d6. Uh, I rolled a 6. <laughs> you head then into <laughs> deep greenery. 
as you start to keep an eye out for this temple. You are following this map about as well as you can, but this thing was drawn... It was it was drawn before Trotteleo even existed using old-fashioned charcoals, and it is a very loose interpretation of where this old site used to be as you were walking through. As you do, though, Jurgen grabs onto the belt of your trousers to hold you back, and he goes, Stop right there. What is it? He puts a finger over his mouth to make a shushing motion as he points over to a very thick mound of green grass. And what he says to you is, Trap spider. Hmm. Move very carefully. Roll 2d6. And could we factor anything into this? Um... Good question. Yeah, let me. Uh, I'll leave this in your hand if you want to make an argument. If one of these skills could help you, I I, I don't think any of them are particularly helpful here. Um, okay. All right. You know, if anything, the previous role might have. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if exploration would have given me an advantage in reading maps. Um, that that is a very fair point. Actually. Which would have made it a seven. That would have made it a seven. Okay. I'll tell you then, I'll, we'll knock that up to a seven, and I'll let you know where the temple is after you've dealt with this encounter. Yes. So, roll a straight 2d6 for now. I rolled a seven. Very good. On as light a tiptoe as you can, you start to move very slowly past this mound, past this trap spider. Doing so, however, you are keeping your eyes locked on this green mound, making sure that you don't hear like a chitter or see any eyes underneath the thing. And doing so, you put your foot into green slime. Hmm. Jurgen looks down at your leg. He makes hand motions to be like no sudden movements. Roll another 2d6. Uh, I rolled a 9. Okay. Jurgen crouches down and he is able to remove that slime off your leg using a shield off his bag. This shield is covered in green goop at this point and he throws the thing into the forest clearing behind him. Not activating the trap spider, though, fortunately, from doing this. As he, like, puts his hands out again and then starts doing a little motion with his hand to make sure that you can kind of get your breathing regular again. Now, you do see on the horizon edging of this temple. It's not a very impressive-looking thing, but from what you read in your paperwork... That's because every it goes deep, very deep underground. So heading a little bit further towards it, would you like to maybe try and get a abreast of the situation before you head in? Yeah, I'd like to you know, roll yeah. a perception check, essentially. Awesome. Um, roll 2d6 plus investigation, then. All right. 
And would uh, history also factor into this? Uh, sure. Let, let's add two into this. I rolled a seven. <laughs> oh, is that with a plus two? Uh, no, that's a... Uh, I rolled a seven naturally, uh, plus two, oh, so nine. nine. Okay. Here's what you find out about the temple in front of you, then, which is the mouth of it is designed to look like almost like a great beast. It's got kind of big old tusks to the side of it, which are the pillars that hold up its roof. And, yeah, looking inside it, this thing is completely pitch black. You would need to use some torches to light your way ahead. You don't get a good grasp of whether there's any traps to the front of this temple, however. Okay. Jurgen looks up at you and he goes, Right. You're the lead on this, so, uh, go on. Alright, so, I'm gonna pull out a torch from my, uh, dungeon kit, just so I can get a bit of light. Yep. Um, and, uh, very cautiously, I, I, I step into the mouth of this temple, um, you know, slowly creeping along, you know, so as to avoid potentially triggering any stonework traps. Works for me. Roll 2d6 plus one for exploration and another for using a bit of your dungeon kit. I rolled a uh, 8 plus 2. That's a 10. Very good stuff. You start to slowly edge your way in then as cautious as a mouse in a cat's house. Meanwhile, Jorgen pulls a pre-rolled cigar out of his pocket, lights it up, and that is going to be his illumination as he follows behind you. All right. You start to head into the temple then, proper, and as being a bit of a history buff, you are having a look at some of the stonework across the walls. And all this stuff tells a story to you, and this story in particular is the one about the formation of Trotalera, the big, great, bloody war where there was all these different generals and different lieutenants and stuff like that to try and win this place back from the beasties that were kind of approaching on this land. One of these lieutenants being old King Hemlock. Uh, I can say if you want, you can maybe take some robins and this stuff. Okay. Okay, you do such a thing and make a note of that. Jurgen's just kind of like looking at this stuff. I think he's seen so many temples in his time that he's just kind of more appreciating the masonry of this place as uh, he runs his finger along some stone to kind of see get a figure of who may have built this thing hundreds of hundreds of years ago. You venture deeper in, and you meet a four-way intersection. Hmm. So the question is, which way would you like to proceed? Is there anything different about any of the uh, intersections? Roll 2d6 plus 1 for exploration plus 1 for history. Uh, I rolled an 8 plus 2, uh, so 10. That is 10. Again, one of these intersections has a has wind running down it. 
so it is likely that that would lead you out to the other side of the forest passing. One of the intersections looks like it has broken rubble down the end of it, while the other has a few loose gold coins on the floor. Hmm. I'm going to... So, I'm going to start uh, by exploring the path with the gold coins. Good. Um stuff you make motion to jorgen then to be like all right follow this direction as you head down the path with a few loose gold coins on it as you get a little bit closer to these things these are ancient coins this is old-fashioned currency from before the age of trotter and paper money and you would think that maybe getting a couple of these might be a good find for this museum piece but small issue with that roll 2d6. Three. As you venture closer in, you notice that these gold coins are leading to an abyss. Hmm. However, you uh, don't fall into the, this abyss, because that would be a bit harsh of me to do such a thing, <laughs> even if it was a free. But you do notice that above the abyss is a hook of some kind. Perhaps they hung a chain from here years ago, but it is something that could potentially be used to maybe get across or get a little bit lower, if you had something to be able to do such a thing. True. Like, so... So it, it's just a hook, right? Um, yeah, it is something that could that rope or something of that effect could be hooked yeah. around. So, yeah. So I, I'm going to use some rope from my dungeon kit. Um, Excellent. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll fashion some sort of lasso or knot that will uh, securely uh, keep the rope on the hook. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell Jurgen to, uh, lower me down. Um, I'm gonna try to, you know, stay close to the wall. So if, if anything happens, I can maybe try, like, grappling onto the ledge, no matter how, like, steep this ledge might be. Uh, it, it's better than having nothing to try to grab onto. I absolutely agree with that. So... What I'll say is, let's roll 2d6, using one for your dungeon kit, one for exploration, and I'll even give you an extra one, because I like this idea, and you're using Jurgen to help you out, so we're going <laughs> to add a nice big free to this. Alright. I've had pretty bad luck, so I think I'll need it. <laughs> okay. Okay, I rolled a 7 plus 3 is a 10. Jurgen nods and goes, alright mate, let's get this thing set up then. You get the lasso around the hook. You pull it back so the knot pulls tight on the thing. You have like kind of a loose amount of rope in your hand to use to kind of like lower as you do. But you ask Jurgen, right, hold on to this thing and kind of feed me down. And he goes, yeah, no problem. He puts his feet in tight. His shoes have got little, um, almost like little... Um, nails on the back of them to give him more grip as he's working as he does a nice big wide stance to feed you down 
In one hand, you continue to use your torch to keep yourself alight, while in the other, you use it to kind of like slowly abseil your way down. And you go down, down and down and down. This thing just goes real deep in the temple. Okay. Now, would you like to get maybe a good bearing on your situation? Yeah, yeah, I think I'd like to sort of know what's in this abyss. Um, Roll 2d6 plus investigation plus um, you're using your torch from your dungeon kit, so. Oof, I I rolled a four on the dice and I get plus two. So that's a six. I will give you this information then. This big thing is almost like a big old empty throne room. It almost looks like if you took Trotilera Castle and flipped it upside down and put it underground, this is what it would look like. No glass on the sides, though. In fact, they're just big old empty concrete, well, stone inserts in this place that may have been used to store art or gold or whatever years and years ago. You look below you and you see that there are a pile almost like a little hill of bones, skulls, and all sorts of stuff of people who were much less lucky than you who fell right over into this pit decades, hundreds of years ago. And surrounding you, on the walls and even across the floor, are spiders as big as elephants, all scuttering around, fighting over the last pieces of whatever meat recently fell in here. And there is a torch in your hand. And some of them are starting to go... As they they aren't used to seeing the light. Okay, so they are afraid of the light, at least. They are afraid of that thing. Um, and I can't see much else. You know, like, 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 I see the bones, I see the spiders, and, like, the general lay of the land. Yeah, um, and I will say that from what you can figure out, because this is a throne room... You do notice that there are some things below here. Things that neither are human-shaped nor spider-shaped. Perhaps even relic-shaped. But you don't get a good grasp of what they could be. Okay. So, also, Roland Also, I will is... say one last thing. You have a look above you. Jurgen's little face is looking over and he kind of does a sort of a motion with his face of, you know, what do you see? Um, I sort of, you know, do a motion indicating danger, but, like, I might want to look a little bit, um... He want, you want to, he want to be held in place, do you? Well, uh, I mean, this is, this is Roland's big break, like, this is, you know, probably some very fascinating history in this room. He, he's not, you know... He he acknowledges that yeah these spiders are very dangerous and uh, mm-hmm. but they do seem to be afraid of the light so he thinks you know he if he can just keep advantage. this this torch alight yo know, yeah he he can in... try to look around a little bit more because this is unknown to anything else in archaeology um, there you know he's never seen an abyss like this and he just so... must know more. In that case, roll 2d6 plus... 
And we'll add plus one to this as you will be using your torch. I rolled a seven plus one for eight. Okay. Do you say to Jorgen whether you want to hang in place or you want to be let down completely to the floor? Um. So, like, how, how far above me would the rope be? This rope would be about... About four stories in total. Okay. No, uh, sorry. Well, if the rope was left to the ground, you would be able to grab it. But it to be pulled back up again, it's about it's about four stories. Okay. Um. That's a. I I, I think I want to get a get a closer look at like the actual floor. So I think I would. Okay. You know, want to be left down. Would he does, myself. He does then slowly let you down until your light is le- less than an LED in this pitch abyss. Your feet stands then on this very awkward mountain of bones. And some of the disruption of these skulls rolling to the bottom causes the spiders to go again. They're not immediately moving towards you. They're just kind of like awkwardly moving around kind of like almost kind of like a cat around a mouse like not quite sure what's going to happen because you do have that very bright torch on you and you do manage to slowly make your way down this skull hill to the point that you now get to see a better look of this temple down here this tomb in fact on a pedestal in a old-fashioned um Sarcophagus. 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 Thank you. Thank you for telling me how to say sarcophagus. (laughs) Is what looks like an old king holding a sword in his hand on top of it, a relief of that. And behind him is a wall of very many treasures. Hmm. Uh, Does this king look like the uh, painting... I saw earlier of uh, any king, of the kings of King Uriel. Yes, I, I'm gonna say because he rolled a seventy, you're gonna have to get a closer look to make that call. Okay. So if you would like to do so, you're gonna have to walk a little bit stealthily. Two D six O. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, you do whatever you want. Is yeah. Um, I, I'm just thinking about my options. How yes. far away from the rope am I? Uh, you're in enough distance that if you wanted to run back to it, you could. If you're going to investigate this sarcophagus, you're going to do a need to do a little bit more than run to it. Yeah. I, I do want to get a look at the sarcophagus, though. You do. Uh, like, like, is it like a gold sarcophagus? Like, like what does the sarcophagus look like? Old-fashioned stonework. Okay. Um, very does very much puts it within the time frame of the war that created Trotlera a couple of hundred years prior. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to. Press on to so so. There's yeah. the, the the wall of treasures. Yes. Um. 
and I got like a, a description of like what this artifact I'm looking for is, right? Um, it um, is an old stone tablet, which apparently carved within it is the deed of Trosselera to King Uriel. Okay. Um, something like the, like, a, a Rosetta Stone looking thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I'd probably have to roll again to see it. I want to uh-huh. get a closer look at, at this wall of yes. treasures. Um, okay. And uh, I also do want to, like, in one hand, you know, this might be a bit dangerous to do, but I do want to take some notes. Um, I, I, I think that's absolutely fine. That is yeah. no problem whatsoever. So what I will say is roll 2d6. All right, I rolled a seven. Uh, does my investigation factor in on this? We can inv- you can factor in your investigation to take that up. Okay. To okay. You start to get a little bit closer. Then uh, you are doing it on those lightest footfalls as you can manage, so your vibrations don't startle these spiders any further. You make your way over to this sarcophagus then. And yeah, the relief of it does look very similar to Prince Pratt Hemlock and looks very similar to King Uriel, the old leader from many years back. A lot thinner, though, than Uriel, especially compared to the painting that was up in Castle Hemlock. And holding in his hands is a great sword that runs down his legs. And yeah, on this wall, the treasures around him are, like, old-fashioned plates and swords golden chalices and stuff like that stuff that has grown very grimy over the years but with a little spit and polish could shine once again but you can't see this tablet yet in fact you got a weird feeling looking at the stonework of this and the rubbings that you're getting and the very bit the old-fashioned bits of language that you can barely translate is that the suck is that within the sarcophagus itself is that tablet Okay, so, you know, after writing down a, just a couple of notes about the this wall of treasure and the uh, statue, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna get a bit of a closer look at the uh, sarcophagus, uh, and I'm I'm actually once I look at the outside, I'm gonna open it up. Um, you get a good look over at the outside then, and this thing is relating the story of the war that created Trotilera about how all the great beasts were fought back by the great by great Lieutenant Uriel, who would then go on to be King Uriel. He established this kingdom right at the top of this milestone so that every race, every person, any you know, everybody would have an opportunity to reach their, you know, it, it it was a land that was open to everybody, essentially, was Trotilera, and that was Uriel's mandate. And within this sarcophagus lies a body. Okay. Um, and, and there's no stone tablet? There is no stone tablet on the outside of the sarcophagus, okay. but from the writing that you can make out within the sarcophagus itself is where it is. Yes. Um, yes. So I'm going to make a motion to open the sarcophagus, which uh, hopefully will not cause too much noise and annoy the spiders. I 
I genuinely hope that as well. Roll <laughs> 2d6. Uh, actually, would you want... Do you, is it arguable that investigation or exploration could be factored into this? Um, I don't... I, I think exploration, yo, because, like, it's like... Okay. Yo, yeah. having experience... Yo, you, you, you know, like, with some of these traps and moving around, you have to be sort of delicate with, with old stuff. Absolutely. Um, so maybe he knows, a, you know, a bit of a way of, like, how to, like, open up these sarcophaguses without causing too much of a ruckus or damaging the sarcophagus itself. In that case, roll plus one, then. Two d's plus one. Uh, I rolled eight. Uh, so, plus one, nine. Great. You slowly squeak this thing open as much as you can to try and be like, you don't want to wait the spiders. I'm going to say that, that you don't get a good grasp of whether you have or you haven't from doing this. You manage to pull push the sarcophagus lid off enough that you get to now have a look inside with your torch. First things first, the skeleton that is within the sarcophagus from what you can figure out, isn't King Brennan. It is much smaller than King Brennan. It is about the size of a dwarf, in fact. Um, it is wearing some regal clothing. Of You can see that there are old ruined rings like that has fallen off um, skeletized hands, and there are um, robes in there that have kind of almost fused with whatever skin was in on his body before it was turned to um, gunk, essentially. And in its arms is this stone tablet that you were asked to look for. Okay. You want to have a look at it? Uh, yeah. Do, do, do I recognize, like, any, like, the emblems or, like, the style of fabric that, like, these, the robes would have, like... Would I know what sort of lineage that came from? I can say, if you want to do 2C6 plus history... Yeah, I can I can try and give you some information. <laughs> I rolled a three. No, you know lots of bits of ancient history, but you don't know that much. Okay. Um, so so now I now I want to take a bit of a closer look at the uh, tablet. You know, the tablet itself. Um, you pull that tablet out of that skeleton's arms then as you bring it up to yourself and to the light and throughout this time you have been making robbings and you have been trying to tubular acid some of this old language into newer language haven't you yeah yeah like i have my notebook out for all of this like you know okay. it's no good coming down here just to you know have to write down these hazy memories like you know the day later um I'm also, like, doing drawings as well, like, you know, some oh, of, like, course. the hieroglyphics and stuff. You know, I might not be able to translate it, but I can, like, transcribe it. I will, ch I will give you this much, then, from the transcription that you make out, which is, on the stone it says, F*** you, Hemlock. You absolute <laughs> How dare you steal this kingdom away from me and my spiders? You are not the rightful ruler of Trosselera. You stole the throne from me, you utter monster. I cast a hex on you and your children and your children's children, you absolute <laughs> And it is signed by a man called Lieutenant Godfrey Bradley. 
Hold on, I, I, I'm writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> this is important. <laughs> I need to tell the prince this. <laughs> well, I might not be telling the prince this immediately. I might be uh, okay. <laughs> doing some other shenanigans. <laughs> um. <laughs> you, I will say you do maybe put two and two together, though, that this is an old dwarf that's in here, and he does have the name, the surname Bradley. Yeah. Um... Mm. Hmm. You do have a look over this stone tablet, and due to a complicated a complication roll that you did roll earlier, you do hear behind you as one of the spiders looks like it wants to maybe have a munch on you. All right. So, yo, yo, it's go time. Yeah. So. I, I like slip the slip the tablet into my bag and, and pull yes. out my whip and my torch. So I'm like waving around the torch and whipping this spider to, to get it to back off. Roll. Um, okay, okay, yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's roll, what I'm doing. Two, roll 2d6 plus uh, martial arts plus uh, dungeon kit. <sighs> I rolled a two. <laughs> Oh, so that's a four. Oh no, no. Oh. This spider, you're waving that. You're like, with your whip at it, and you're like waving this torch to try and uh, try and get it away. No, all that is doing is winding it up. With those two, mm, with one of its legs, it kicks you into the wall of treasure behind you. You are now winded. Okay. The sound of you clattering into all that treasure has startled all the other spiders who are now going to try and move towards where that noise was. Hmm. So, you know, Roland at this point is a... I I think he's found what he's looking for. He has... He has some goods. Okay. So yeah, he's he, he's running to get out of he, he's going back to the rope. Um, he wants to run out of there, doesn't? Yeah, he? waving the torch like behind him in a futile attempt to like get the spiders to back off. Back away. Roll two d six. I would give you plus one for using your for using your torch, but I'm gonna take minus one away because you're winded. So okay. straight two d six. Please be good. <laughs> oh god. Okay, uh, I rolled a six. Oh dear, you are clambering your way towards that, mounting a bones back to the rope as uh, Jürgen is uh, shouting down to you, Hey, get on down there! As he does that, though, one of the spiders grabs your backpack with one of its arms and it is trying to pull you back. Oh. Okay. Hmm. Well, I guess, like, I'm going to try whipping the spider to to get it to release me. Um, Yeah, just, like, whipping whipping this thing just as hard as I can. It's a desperate struggle to not get munched. Okay. Um... 2d6 plus 1 for uh, using your whip out. Oh. 
Oh, gosh darn it. I rolled a three plus one. Oh, no. <laughs> You're oh. trying to whip this thing, and it just does not like that. In fact, you crane your arm out to whip again, and it just bites right into your hand doing that. And now you are maimed. And I will say, oh. because it has done that, you have dropped your whip. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it is still pulling on your bag like it is pulling you back into the spider pit. So so it has my bag and my... It hasn't got... it. You've dropped your whip. It hasn't... Yeah. Fortunately, it hasn't picked up your whip. <laughs> right. So so it, it's, it, it bit my arm, but it still has my bag. Yes. Okay. Unfortunately for you, you're not poisoned, because I haven't put poison in this game. <laughs> that would suck. Oh. But, yeah, it has still got its leg around your bag. Hmm. I'm considering something. My, what are you... So... My artifact, my, my, my dear artifact that <gasps> Roland has studied... He's been studying this for years. Mm. Um, he wonders if maybe the, the bright yeah. and shiny artifact would be enough to distract the... Uh, the distract the spiders. Um, I think it's you know, time. Maybe, like, mystify them. I think it's time that we find out if that is what it's going to do. Yeah. So roll 2d6, we'll add plus one for the unknown artifact, and because I like this idea, we'll add another one as well. Ten plus two, I roll a twelve. Wow. You hold that unknown artifact up in your hand then, and I'll say that because you got a twelve, you're not going to lose the unknown artifact for doing this. You, like, just try and like crack the thing like an egg on your leg like come on do something what was the best case scenario for this thing it's just that it will start blinding them in bright light right yeah like you know may maybe it like plays a really like screechy noise or like you know it, it just blinds them uh yeah like i i like the idea of it just like turning into a huge bright light that blinds these Jigen is these looking spiders. down and he's like come on mate you're not you're not far away but then he just sees this little white light emanate from your hand and then it just grows like an atom bomb f from out of you and then just grows out this unknown artifact you have no idea what kind of worlds it's connected to but blasting out of this thing are colored lights and disco music <laughs> but you don't know that Roland but you know that chariot right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is great. playing music from another world oh the spiders do not like that they are backing away and screeching to try and cover the noise of this thing yeah that spider that had its arm on your bag completely backs away you now have, you can now leave the All right. tomb yeah, I, I grab my bag, I grab the rope, and uh, we're going up. Okay. Do you, uh, do you try and grab the whip as well? Uh, yeah, I, I grab my whip as well, since it seems like the spiders are pretty scared of me at this point. Uh, they and, are and I scared do not of you and your disco music. You yeah. grab onto the rope then as uh, Jurgen 
pulls you up. All right. As you get up to the lip and you're able to pull yourself up, you notice that behind Jurgen is a giant spider. Jurgen, behind you. Well, and also I still have my uh, my disco music. So okay. Oh right, you come up with your disco music blasting, and Jurgen's like, "Oh bloody hell! What the hell is that?" As the spider behind him is like, <laughs> and I have no idea what it is, but the spiders hate it. <laughs> I don't. I'm not much of a fan of it either, mate. Get rid of it. Uh, <laughs> it's the only thing that is keeping it's standing between me and uh, certain doom. Okay, he does pull you up, but he's, like, trying to cover his ears and his eyes as you do this. Okay. I think the two of you just want to try and escape, yeah? Yeah. Okay, roll 2d6 minus 1, because, yeah, winded. I rolled an 11. Minus 1. The two... Well, very good, still a 10. The two of you now start to run out of the temple as the screeching of spiders still continues around you. Uh, do you see all the blinding light? The two of you are literally just stumbling forward as mo- just to remind yourself, like, where did you previously come from? You accidentally set off a couple of arrow traps, but they just fly completely past your heads and, like, around you as you stumble out into the forest. As you all enter right. the forest, birds fly away from trees <laughs> and that trap spider like burries burrows deeper underground because your disco ball is still going off <laughs> and, and and i don't know how to turn it off so like like, like even if i put it in my pocket like <laughs> do you want to try and figure it out or? like like so, so so now that we're in like safety like i you know, i want to take a closer look at this like it, it's just strobe lights and, yeah. and disco music um well, first off, I'm going to write this down in my journal. Okay, um, you try as much as you can to write it down in your journal, but you yeah. are very distracted by like, how loud this thing is. Like, <laughs> oh, like, I even, like, yo, try at one point, like, I, I take off my uh, leather jacket and I, like, wrap it in the leather jacket just to try to, like, muffle the sound a little bit. Okay, you have stopped the lights and it is, like, like really muffled, like, coming out yeah. of this thing is... Yeah, Jurgen's just looking at you and he's like, Is that what you were sent to find then? Is that what was in there? Is that what's down nah. there? Nah, that's been, uh, I've had that for years. I, I found it in, uh, the, 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 the crypt of, uh, uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even uh, ask you to name this crypt. You're doing this all on your own. <laughs> uh, the crypt of Banes. Crypts of Banes. Uh, yo. Old family crypt from a uh, you know this this old royal family uh, sent there to 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 get some uh, you know uh, precious plates you know yeah. <laughs> as as trivial as that might be but uh, I, famously I found this. the uh, Baines family was known to have made their fortune from writing a lot of uh, popular bardic music which kind of extrapolated around the different kingdoms. And maybe now you get a better idea of maybe where they were getting their ideas from. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Um. But uh, yeah. Right. Uh, and I I just found this stone. Uh, no idea what it did. It's never done this before. <laughs> right. Um. 
So what? So, but did you find what you needed to down there? Uh, yes. Um, so so I, at this point, I, I pull out the uh, the, the, uh, the the stone. Yeah. Um, uh, I haven't fully transcribed this. Uh, I was a bit <laughs> preoccupied with not getting munched, but uh, right. I, I noticed a couple of names. Um, right. Bradley being one of the names. Uh, there was a dwarf in a sarcophagus. Uh, not a human, you know. Presumably, well, wait. Uh, the 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 great great grandfather. Um, who... King Uriel was a beastman. Okay. Like Prince Pratt. This was not a beastman sarcophagus like I expected. Uh, it was a dwarf that I found. Um, and, and this stone speaks of a stolen kingdom. You know, perhaps... Perhaps the ruling family is not as legitimate as they might want to seem. Bradley's just kind of pulling... He's just a very stony face looking at you. He's still got that cigar in his mouth, but he takes a drag on that thing that just causes it to just turn to ash and he's just like wait are you telling me that my ancestor he's the true king of Trottle Error well I haven't fully transcribed <laughs> this stone but there is a very high likelihood that that could be the case um <laughs> he just kind of has a very sort of like like his brain has been like his mind has been opened wide as you say this kind of thing because I think he's kind of like thinking back on his childhood and like some of the stuff that he heard from his aunts like from his parents and their grandparents and stuff like that and he's like starting to put two and two together <laughs> that being said though I don't think Prince Pratt wants to know this oh no uh and <laughs> Well, yo, I, I'm, we'll, yeah. we'll get into this later, but... Yeah, sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I have plans. Um. Okay. <laughs> what I will say then is this. So Jurgen's just kind of looking at you and he's like, So you're going to go take that to Prince Pratt then, are you? Well, uh, maybe not. You know, I, I've always been of the belief that uh, knowledge should be shared with the people. Um, you know, the more people know, the better. Uh, and, well, first, if I give this to, to Prince Pratt, there's no way he's gonna, well, he is a bit of an oaf, but his advisors would inform him that this information cannot be revealed. And it would just be locked away in some vault. It would be just as hidden as it was, you know, 30 minutes ago. Like, I can't give this to the king or the prince right um, so who are you going to give it to then well uh do you still have family mm, not many of them mostly just me nowadays well uh I think you might have a king's blood and I think I think we should uh, maybe do something to uh, reinstate the true king. (laughs) (laughs) 
The question is though, how does how does Roland want to go about doing that? Okay, so I think at this point he's still like formulating exactly what he wants to do. But first off, he needs to translate this entire stone. Okay. If you want, I can say that this yeah, doesn't like, have to happen this episode. This could be something that's happening in the background and Roland can eventually prove that yeah. the Hemlock shouldn't be on the throne. But, well, yeah. Well, and also, like, probably, like, after getting out, I- I'm pretty badly maimed. I'm probably going to want to take a rest. Oh, um, yeah. So I think during the downtime, I'm going to be, you know, writing in my journals and uh, transcribing the stone so I can get a better idea. You know, obviously, like, a full transcription of this. You know, there's a lot of really old stuff. You know, I'll I'll need to talk to some of my associates. Um, But, like, you know, I I can maybe take a bit of a closer look now over this rest. So Okay. I will say then we'll start to maybe wrap up a little bit from here. I don't know whether you actually want to see... I don't know whether you actually ever do return to Pratt. That's, I'm going to um, have to leave that up to you, but... So, I think I will return to Pratt, but I'll tell him that I wasn't able to find this... I wasn't able to find anything. Um, I, I, I might still have those coins, right, that I picked up uh, from the Abyss? I'll say that you can have those coins. Uh, I'll say... Hey, I, I found a couple of old coins, but there wasn't really much in this ruins. It, it might have been an old, you know, watch, you know, like like it, like an old, uh, you know, storehouse or something. No, nothing of real value there. Yeah, uh, I will say then, as you do rest then, and you do this just outside of the kingdom, you don't do it in this forested area because it is just full of monsters. You do this a little bit further out. And Jurgen kind of says to you, like, you know, I, I got stuff to do, but you need to let me know, because if I am the king of this kingdom, then I need to, like, be put back on the throne. You do get a proper translation of this thing, and it is very much what was there before, but there is a little bit more nuance to it, which is the fact that this Bradley, not this ancient uh, relative of Jurgen, maybe wasn't entirely all there uh his idea for Trotilera was that there would be no humans or elves there or orcs. It was mostly just going to be dwarves and spiders. He just wanted a kingdom that he could raise his spiders in peace. Hmm. Okay. And if anybody sits on the throne of his bloodline, they must <laughs> turn Trotilera into a kingdom of dwarves and spiders. <laughs> hmm. Okay. That does complicate things a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> um So I, I'm I'm just thinking okay. about uh the best way to proceed. Alright. Um I mean I could certainly uh publish all of these findings. You uh, very and well that could. might be uh Yo, at the very least, the people should know the history of that, uh, you know, people should know this. They should um, know this. You know, I, I work on it slightly in secret, just just in case, like, yo. The royal, c- the royal family kind of yeah. catch with what you're doing. No, I think that's fair enough. Um, but, but eventually, like, yo, eventually I publish this 
or I started getting plans to publish the history and okay. explaining like the history of uh, this old place and like the early history of Trottle Era. Okay. And do you give any passing words to, well, so with the prince, he said to him that all you found were these old coins and maybe that's what you can do with your museum because of it, but it was just a storehouse. Jurgen, you say to him, oh, I'll do what I can, but, you know, we'll see what happens with that. And, yeah, you just put together this paperwork and you release this to the public so they can find out who was meant to be the true leader of Trottle Era and what had happened and so that sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. I think that's very interesting, man. Um... Roll 2d6 to see if Pratt still gave you the money that you wanted for future uh, expeditions. Okay. I rolled a 7. He did give you the money that you wanted then. However, he may be suspicious that you did find a little bit more down there than just a storehouse. Okay. Whatever happens with that, happens with that. So tell us a little bit about then what happens to Roland after all this. What, what, where does he go? What does he see? What does he do? Well, so I, I guess like, oh sure. Like I guess we sort of touched on this a bit earlier. Um, yes. Yo. Know, so he, so he goes talk. He talks to Prince Pratt, and uh, um, yo, know, nothing's there. You don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Um, but in secret, he starts you know, hunting down people who might know more about the early history of Trottle Era, you know, yeah. looking more into the Bradley bloodline, um, and sort of compiling all of these works together into an anonymous, uh, an anonymous history of, you know, the early Trottle. kingdom of yeah. Trottle Era and the Bradley family. Okay. Um, that's interesting. <laughs> That's really and then eventually he, uh, you know, he, he hunts down a publisher who will release this. Yes, um, that's not... You, it's definitely, it isn't a publisher in Trottle Air who do that. You have to go to the uh, the uh, neighbouring kingdom of uh, Decio to do that, unfortunately. But uh, they are happy to let you do that there. And, yeah, what I will say is, is that the publishing of that book will make things very interesting in <laughs> Trottle Era going forwards. Okay. Alright. But I think with that, that's maybe a good place to end. Yeah. So, Chariot, how did you find that? Uh, I thought that was pretty good. Good. Um, you know, I think it'll have some interesting repercussions um, for future adventurers. Ah. Uh. I think so too. Perhaps potentially the person next session might not be getting a job from Prince Pratt. They might be getting a job from a giant spider, so that'll be good fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that'll be great. They're not much for talking though, and all they just kind of they just want to eat people. They don't they don't really care for much else. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, like like you know, there weren't many NPCs in the you know there was like Bradley. Oh, sure. um, but like most of the adventure was uh, just me exploring this old tomb, which is, you know, perfectly fine, and I thought it was pretty fun. Cool. Um, yeah. Good. Oh, got to 
glad to hear. I'm glad to, glad to hear you had a good time. Um, as this is the end of the show, do you have any plugs or anything you want to say before we wrap up? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, again, if you want to check out my stuff, uh, it's a Chariot Rider on YouTube. I also have a Twitter uh, that I post to like once a month. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much all my stuff. Um, and cool. that's all I really have to say. Great. Well, glad to hear it. So with that, um, that is the end of another episode of Question Show. Uh, if you enjoyed this, if you're listening to this on YouTube, leave a like and a comment. Or if you're on a podcasting app, uh, please leave us a review because that will help us grow the uh, podcast a little bit more. Uh, I've been James. You can follow me on Twitter. All the links to that will be in the description below. And uh, until next time, goodbye. <laughs>